And welcome back to our sixth episode of our NYT podcast. We are still here at Teen Camp, so if you hear any fun basketball bouncing, wow, I really do know my sports, um, or like children screaming, um, that's because we're playing games and it's camp and it's the camp environment, so um, pardon that, I guess. Today we are here with three guests, our three, in, uh, well, I guess our three instructors for our teen camp. We have Jacob Major, Lisa Morales, and Justin Ray. Justin Ray is our showcase um, director. Lisa Morales is our vocal instructor, and Jacob Major teaches the dance intensive, and he does choreography and stuff. Um, They are all back, some of them back for their second year, third year, fourth, eighth year, depending. Only only fourth. (laughs) A fourth, but it feels... It feels like seventh. It feels like you've been here forever. (laughs) Um, No, but we're excited to have all of you back. Um, first, I would like to point out that all of you have some sort of artistic career. Like, currently you are either pursuing an artistic career, you have experience in an artistic career. Um, what made you choose an artistic path in life, despite all of the risks that there are? People always telling you, it's hard to make it, and there's, uh, it's not financially stable, and all those things. What drew you to that sort of path? You can start, Jacob. I think for me, it was just... I would have mentors tell me, if you can do anything else with your life, do that because it's more stable mm-hmm. um, and you can still have a good life. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, I, I, it was really around age 14, 15. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go full in full pursuit of this because it's the only thing that I see satisfying the creative side of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I won't transition into something else later, mm-hmm. but at least in this stage of life, this is what I want to pursue with 110% of my That's energy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Lisa. Well, I saw um, a production of Susanna at the University of South Carolina School of Music, and I was playing violin at the time Mm -hmm. and um, really fell in love with just the human voice and was so mesmerized by what I saw on stage. It kind of changed the trajectory of what I studied in college. I love um, music. I love singing because of the way it engages the total person. And I did actually step away from artistic pursuits for a time in my life. And it just, there seems to be a pull. There seems Mm. to be something that I I can't get away from. Um, So, Okay, go ahead, Justin. I have a similar story to Jacob's. I did CYT when I was a junior in high school at Christian Youth Theater, and that was my first experience performing on stage. And I fell in love with it, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And then I heard all the speeches of, don't pursue this career, it's dangerous, It's it's like you don't get enough money, it's like not lucrative. But... Again, I like Jacob, I couldn't do anything else, mm-hmm. and I had to pursue this. And I had like mentors throughout the years encourage me to pursue this career. Mm-hmm. They were letting me know that they thought that I could compete in the industry. Yeah. Um, and my own like career in the industry has slightly changed throughout the years, but yeah. it's still focused in this pursuit of just entertainment in general. Yeah, speaking of those changes, that was actually my next question. Um, specifically, what are some of the things you um are doing right now in your career have done in the past just like tell me about um sort of because all of you are in different places some of you are just beginning some of you are like in the middle some of you have like done it for years and years and years and years so tell me a little bit about like some of the things you've done your favorite things you've gotten to done do maybe some of the hardest parts any of that sort of thing so you can yeah (laughs) um so i just graduated last year last Mm -hmm. may so i've been out of school for about a year Mm -hmm. um and i worked a bit that's last summer, which was also my first summer with NYT. Mm-hmm. 
And then I hurt myself up in New York dancing. So I was back in town for about eight weeks recovering from that. Um, and then I went straight into two shows downtown, mm-hmm. downtown Houston. Um, and then I moved up to the city again in March. And I've been there for about three months now. Auditioning um, and Auditioning, how, working my side jobs, just trying to get... Yeah get some stuff on the calendar. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really amazing. Go ahead, Lisa. I really fell in love with musical theater when I was a student at Oklahoma City University working with Florence Birdwell, who was the teacher of Kelly O'Hara and yeah. um, yeah. Kristen Chenoweth. And um, the world of musical theater uh, in my time there just showed me how much, again, it engages the total person. Fell in love. Um, chose not to finish a graduate degree there so that I could go work um, oh. for Tulsa Opera oh, and cool. um, work with various artists that uh, Tulsa Opera at that time was hosting, artists from all over the country and internationally, fabulous company. Um, and then ultimately kind of saw, got a lot of great experience, but saw the gypsy life that one leads um, as a professional singer. And, you know, for the last 25 years, I've sung in various capacities um, professionally and in in the community. Um, Right now, I'm teaching and um, absolutely love that and directing a program at Lone Star College Tomball. Um, And really, our goal is to create super well-rounded students who um, are cross-trained in many different areas. And so we really want to prepare them for the industry. Um, um, And that's kind of where I am right now. I got to say, work in the arts and in terms of obstacles and how you get started and and just all of those things that we're kind of touching on. My sense is people who work in the arts have had and continue to have many different paths. And there's not one, you know, one true path, so to speak, Mm -hmm. in terms of the direction that that you can go. So I think that's also part of the And one interesting thing about that is that even watching the Tonys this year, I think a 75-year-old man won a Tony. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. For for Hadestown, Hermes. Yeah, um, that's amazing. amazing. Like, and he pro- and I don't has he won any other Tonys? I don't know, but if He's imagine been that working at it, imagine that, that being your first Tony when you're 75. So it's like your path doesn't have to be theater, 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 constantly, constantly, constantly. Um, but if that's what you keep going back to, then that's probably what God's calling you to do. That's mm. something I think is really interesting. Yeah. Justin, you want to share about your career? Yeah. So out of let's see, when I went into college, I started to like take. Uh, dance classes professionally and did a dance scholarship and then uh, voice lessons and whatnot. Um, and then I transferred to UC Irvine majoring in drama. Oh, cool. And then I got cast in a production of Wicked that was in Chicago. And so I dropped out of college and went and did that for a year and a half. And then from that experience, realized I didn't want to continue with the gypsy life. And I wanted to have a little bit more of a stable place kind of Mm -hmm. and my heart transitioned to want to pursue tv film acting Mm -hmm. and so i moved to los angeles to do that um i've i still have a place in los angeles while i was there i started a production company with my brother and Mm -hmm. so we actually have our own production company now he has now moved to austin a few years ago and we just opened up our own studio space uh actually opens tomorrow oh wow yeah congratulations cool um and then is this chicago on broadway that wicked was with yeah yeah it was a it was a broadway company but it was it was called uh broadway of chicago basically just wanted to make sure people know that and then you went to elon right yeah i went to elon i got my bfa in musical theater that's really really cool um i wanted to ask what because you have all come back for a second or like i've said 
other years. Um, what keeps you coming back to teen camp? Um, because we know it's not the pay, but I'm okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but like, what is your favorite thing about teen camp? Or just coming every year? You can start, Jacob. Or you can start because you've been here the longest. Yeah, it's true. I, <laughs> I beat you all. Uh, I, I really like investing into youth and talents that I've been given and that I've honed throughout the years. And I like, I like, exp- like sharing what I've learned and the knowledge that I have yeah. to those who desire this, even if they don't want to make this their career, I like to just let them know like, Hey, this is what this industry takes. This is what I've had to do. This is what I've worked on in my life. And I would love to help you learn where that is in you. Mm-hmm. Like what talents you have and what ways to push yourself beyond what you think you're capable of. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I enjoy doing, I think God's given me an ability to communicate clearly. Yeah. And I like to use that where I can. Yeah. Lisa. Well, I think it's a pretty cool, just snapshot in terms of how the week is structured and what we do. It's a snapshot of what it takes. Um, and, folks really get to experience the process of creating Mm -hmm. from sort of the very beginning to final showcase. And that's a neat process to be a part of. Um, For me, I think being able to work with kids, students, campers who are at all kinds of different levels from the sort of babies who are just starting no matter what age they Mm -hmm. are um, to those folks who are advanced and have um, experienced quite a bit that's pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. cool to be able to um, maybe create confidence mm-hmm. or, and optimism related to skills yeah. um, in folks. And then I've said this before, but I love the team. I love working with the team. Yeah. I think um, Justin Ray um, really provides a framework mm-hmm. for folks to do their best work because he is interested in pursuing excellence. And that frees up his team to really um, pursue excellence and it's a great it's just a great group of people yeah yeah Jacob. and for me i just remember the feeling at the end of last year's mm-hmm. which was my first nyt mm-hmm. camp um this feeling of like oh man is it really over like do we have to mm-hmm. do we have to go home is like in a way we were all very relieved that it was over because <laughs> it meant that no we're tired our life got a <laughs> lot easier yeah but um just that feeling of like justin was saying being able to kind of invest but also be invested in mm-hmm. by mm. the kids and their energy and their attention and like their hung their hunger for mm-hmm. what we had to teach. And also yeah. I think I was so challenged by Lisa and Justin and mm-hmm. all of the other teachers because they excel in ways that I don't. Um, yeah. And we all kind of challenge each other to be better and to find mm. better ways to kind of communicate with yeah. all different ages and skill levels. So I think for me, it was like, it's a learning experience for me mm-hmm. as well as it is for some of the students to be here and test out sort of like my methods of choreography and teaching. So, and the students get the best of both. Well, I guess the three worlds because we get singing, (laughs) dancing, acting, we get all of it, you know? Um, and that's really fun. Do you guys have a favorite memory from any of the teen camps so far? I think one of my favorite memories was the first teen camp I was here for. It was newsies. Newsies. Yeah. Mm. Um, there was a point when I was about to cut a dance break we were going to do like... Yep, I remember. Yeah, we were going to do that dance break from the movie. I, I prepared the choreography to teach the kids. But, you know, 
they weren't paying attention and <laughs> they were talking a lot and there wasn't a lot of time left. So I was like, all right, I'm cutting the number. And all of them are like, no, no. don't. Yeah. And even your dad was yeah. like, don't cut it. <laughs> and I was like, but they don't have time. I was like, all right, guys, I have an hour. I, I don't know how long we had, probably like an hour or something. It's like, and I have to teach this number and that's all we get. And you guys were silent. Mm-hmm. You didn't, mm-hmm. there was a, you could hear a pin drop, no one spoke. They were so focused. And I was like, I turned around, I was like, you guys, this is what's required for every rehearsal. <laughs> of course, no one really took that to heart because yeah. I came back this year and no one's talked, <laughs> everyone's still talking. But um, but anyway, it was a cool like moment of just like, I love, I love it when people show that much dedication mm-hmm. to something because that's what I like to show and yeah. I like to bring to everything I do. Mm-hmm. And so when I have that, coming back at me it just feels so great to Mm -hmm. like we're creating something together please give me that focus yeah so i think so this is just my second year right so last year was my first nyt camp as well um the moment when we started the showcase and um singers actors campers I don't know what to call people. Um, <laughs> came down the aisle, starting with the greatest show. Yeah, that was a cool moment, and it was so immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in the audience. We you were, were in the audience, the audience and everybody was like in character. I mean, doing that, the body reflected mm-hmm. the sound and yeah. the impact. So that was really cool. Yeah, I think for me, it's anytime I've anytime I go to check my phone because I've been playing music on my phone over the speaker or whatever, teaching mm-hmm. something, and I'm like, whoa, an hour has just passed, and it feels like a split mm-hmm. second. Yes. Because I'm like, we're all having so much fun, mm-hmm. and no one really wants it to end, but everyone is tired. Um, <laughs> and other than that, I would say the food this year, the food has been incredible. I know. Oh, my, oh my goodness. goodness. Thank wow. you, Anne. Thank Anne you, Wood. Anne Wood. She's, do you guys have any like major lessons or advice that um being in an artistic career have has taught you like any advice that you want to share with any future students that are listening to the podcast i really think you have to be you have to be determined Mm -hmm. and everybody says that but it's a different level of Mm -hmm. determination and tenacity and it's both strong and soft at the same time. In other words, there's got to be a lot of grace mm-hmm. in the determination and a lot of room just to explore um, for the individual artist. But the tenaciousness and the determination, that's uh, really got to be a strength, mm-hmm. too. And I think sometimes as human beings, we see ourselves going down one path or we see one optimal outcome. Mm -hmm. And in the arts, you kind of have to think beyond that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You you have to think in terms of what you can create versus a checklist that means success. Mm -hmm. Um, So those things are pretty important. Uh, I would say, yeah, with... With what she was saying, like determination, um, you ha- you have to, first of all, I'm just going to say it, you have to have talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to do this career, Amen. you must have a lot of talent. And it's yeah. okay if you don't. And if you want to just do this for fun, do it for fun. But if you don't have a lot of talent, do not pursue this career. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Yeah. It's you're you're going to experience a lot more disappointment than you need to in life if you 
try to keep pushing yourself to do something that you just don't have the gifts for. And that's not a bad thing that you don't, if you don't have them. But if you have them and you can compete in the professional world, you have to have, the thing for me, it's like, there's this stipulation that uh, the performing career is like, it's a dark, dark world and, you know, it's filled with sin and all and debauchery and all that kind of stuff. And the truth is, it, it is. It really is because people are there and people are sinful and they do, they do terrible things. Um, I know of a lot of like Christians who shy away from this career because of that or parents yeah. try to keep their kids from the career because of that. My, pa- my own parents did the same thing. They were as- afraid of me doing this career because of that. So my advice for people who are Christian and have the desire to do this career and have the talent to do this career, you have to be resilient in, in who you are in Christ. You have to be resilient because if you're not, this industry will swallow you up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inevitable. Like it's happened to many friends of mine who used to be strong in their faith and then they became professional performers and now mm-hmm. they're just like everyone else in this world. So it's a resilience of your faith mixed in with the grace of knowing that like these are broken people just like me. Yeah. So you can't come into this industry judging those that you're working with and, and having this, like, I'm be- better than you attitude. Mm-hmm. It has to be brought in with grace, but an uncompromising grace. Mm-hmm. Because accepting their sin or encouraging their sin is different than loving them through their sin. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in the faith don't understand that, and they, just, and they, and they also just remove themselves from this industry altogether when we are called to go into darkness. Mm -hmm. And so I think people who have the talents, if God has given you the talents to actually compete competitively in this career, if you have those gifts, I'm talking like you're really good. (laughs) Then, then yes, do it, but do it with God, not separate from. And that goes to parents too. If your kid, if you know your kid has that talent, and go there with them, like encourage them and be, be there with them through it because they need that support. Yeah. Jacob. Yeah. And jumping off of that, I'd say like everyone who graduates from these four year programs or who is told, you know, Hey, you're so talented, move to the city. If you think about all of the people that are graduating every single year and, and moving to LA or New York, one of these big Chicago, one of these big cities, that's hundreds and hundreds of new people pursuing this every year. And yes, people also leave the city every year um, in big numbers because they decide, hey, I I gave up. I can't do this anymore. But everyone is talented at that level. Everyone's Mm -hmm. good. Everyone can hang, should should be cast in an ideal world. Mm -hmm. But your work ethic is what defines you and your preparation is what sets you apart from other people who are also just as talented. I don't think you can ever be too prepared for something. Um, And I think that Anytime you are given the chance to shine, um, and by shine I just mean to be cast in something or to have an audition. An audition is a chance to to show them what you can do. Um, just really use that to show them how seriously you take your craft. Yeah. Um, show them how excellent you can be. So. That's awesome. Um, this is my last question. How important is it, do you think it is, in pursuing a like, performing arts career, to if or I mean specifically musical theater career, is it to be 
a triple threat as in just as good at dancing as you are singing as you are acting like how important is it to not just say eh, I'm a good singer like I'm a good actress I don't think I've ever taken dance lessons but like I can I can get it down like how important do you think it is to have all three of those uh it's <laughs> definitely much easier if you have all three if you don't you better be excellent in two of them <laughs> yeah excellent Mm -hmm. like phenomenal in two of them if you are only phenomenal in one you're gonna have a hard time getting work Mm -hmm. and that's just the truth yeah like the triple threats are the ones that always work yeah they always work because triple threats if you're not like a big name or you're not famous triple threats get cast as under like swings and like standbys and universal swings like they're not constantly on stage performing for an audience, but they constantly have a job. Yeah. And they're getting paid weekly because they are ready to go on in a dime, like a second's notice to go on that stage and perform because they are that good. So triple threats can work for a very, very long time. If you are just a great singer and actress, there's, there is lots of work for you, but you're going to have to do a lot of plays. Yeah. You're going to have to be able to do plays and musicals and probably be able to teach on the side or have another side job as well. Um, I mean, I've done, in my company of Wicked, the person that I replaced when I joined my company, he didn't sing. Like, I, I remember when I, when I was doing my, like my first week of performing, the sound guy came up to me, he's like, hey, you're actually singing. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a musical. <laughs> and I, I, I have a microphone. And I, I he's have just a like, microphone. He's like, well, yeah, well, the guy before you, he didn't <clears throat> sing. Like, literally, he just didn't sing. Huh. All right. But he was a phenomenal dancer. Really amazing. Like, better than I am. Like, so good. But he just didn't want to sing. Wow. But they cast him because he, well, he knew the choreographer. There was that. Wow. But he was <laughs> phenomenal at dancing. That's... Like, incredible. So, that's, that's really interesting, actually. I had no idea that, like, a universal swing. Is that somebody who can be cast in any show, not just, like, a specific one? Well, yeah. So... It depends. It, Universal Swings, that term is kind of only coined for, for shows that have different locations. So, like, Wicked is a huge okay. show. So, they have a New York cast. They, at, at that time, I was doing the Chicago cast. They had a tour. They had a tour in Japan. They had a tour oh, wow. in Australia. So, a Universal Swing could jump into any of those performances. So, oh, their, wow. their cast is like, you are ca- your role is when so-and-so is on their two-week vacation in this company, we're going to fly you out there and you're going to do the show for two weeks oh. and do this track for two weeks. That's so interesting. And I then there's a, it even existed. a crossover swing. Crossover swing. So, it basically, in most casts, at least in Wicked, they had four dancer tracks and four singer tracks. Mm-hmm. They all danced and sang, but four of them were more focused on dance, four of them were more focused on singing a crossover track a crossover swing knew all eight of those tracks wow so they have they would be able to jump into any of those tracks at any given moment when they needed to so that is commitment and there's a girl i can't remember her name but there was a girl jennifer denoya that's her name Mm. she became alphabet i believe in australia at one point but when in my company jennifer denoya was a crossover swing so she knew all eight of the female tracks in the ensemble and she understudied Alphaba, so she knew that track. What? And then she was the assistant dance captain, so she knew oh. everyone's track. So literally, she could do any part in the entire show, any, as long as it was a female. Like, she was 
that amazing. Insane. And then she was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be a standby. And then she got to become Alphaba standby. And then she got Alphaba in Australia. Holy guacamole. Because she's a triple threat. She's a triple threat. Mm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Full circle. That's crazy. Jacob, do you have yeah. any advice you want to share? I'd say, like, I totally agree. You know, triple threats work. You might not, your jobs might not be as fulfilling in terms of roles you're playing, but you will always work. Mm. Um, I think that you can either choose to be a master of many things, or uh, you can you can dabble in many things, or you can be a master of a few. Yeah. So I feel like if you if you're going to be a singer, actress, or singer actor, or just really really go hard for hey, I want to do like straight theater mm-hmm. or work in TV yeah. and film, you can really you can go that route, but you really have to hone in and you really have to be the best of the best or find something really unique about yourself. Yeah. Whereas like a triple threat doesn't have to be super unique because their whole point is to fit in and blend in. Yeah. So it's like they're just trying to be marketable. Whereas if you can only do one or two things really well, your point is to stand out. Wow. So I think it's a difference of like mm. of a of goal, goal with yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, Lisa, do you have anything to add? So I will tell you um, about something kind of exciting that we're doing at the college that will, I think, answer the question that you posed. Um, I just I think as many skills as folks can have, um, that's a really positive and good thing. And at the college, Lone Star College Tomball, we're piloting this year a program that will enable students to cross-train and get, again, lots of different skills from a really healthy understanding of the voice and how to use space to create different um, styles and Um, a comfort level with styles to theater behind the scenes, lighting and costumes, uh, costume and makeup, the technical side to the acting. Um, And even we have a wonderful dance studio and we're planning to do some piloting of some dance classes there as well. So again, to answer your question, I think that as many skills as an artist can bring to the table, um, that's just a super positive thing and very, very important. And I believe that enough that we're literally creating programs at the college where <laughs> yeah. I teach to hopefully give people that next level of advanced study. So something we're doing is creating a cohort of all fine arts students so that folks in different tracks can interact. But we're also creating the Institute, uh, the Tomball Institute of Musical Theater, Mm -hmm. um, that will be a place where CYTers and NYTers and imagination and Mm -hmm. just folks who have... Don't um, forget class act. And class act. And there are so many wonderful, wonderful theaters in this area. Those folks who are looking for that next step um, can be cross-trained that is so interesting thank you lisa for telling us that thank you you to everybody who listened to our sixth episode of our nyt antics podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on any platform especially the one that you're listening to it right now um it helps us out a lot uh and we will see you on our next episode thank you everybody and bye Mighty antics.